We're going to Daniel chapter 10. I'm going to read quite a bit here. So I know you've been standing for a while. But I just want you to stay with me. Daniel chapter 10, verse number 1. If you're there, say amen. amen. Praise God. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel whose name was Belteshazzar. And the thing was true. But the time appointed was long, and he understood the thing and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, he said, was mourning for three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all until three weeks were fulfilled. And in the four and twentieth day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, which is Hittichel or the Tigris River, he said, then I lifted up mine eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with the fine gold of Uphaz. His body also was like the beryl, his face as the appearance of lightning, his eyes as lamps of fire, his arms and his feet like the collar to polish brass. And the voice of his words were like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. For the men that were with me saw not the vision, but a great quaking fell upon them so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore I was left alone and saw this great vision and there remained no strength in me for my comeliness was turned in me into corruption and I retained no strength. Yet heard I the voice of his words and when I heard the voice of his words then was I in a deep sleep on my face and my face toward the ground. And behold, a hand touched me which set me upon my knees and upon the palm of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto you and stand upright. For unto thee am I now sent. Somebody say now sent. Now and when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day, that thou didst set thine heart to understand and chasten thyself before thy God. Thy words were heard. And I am come, I am come, because of your words. The reason that I am here is because of what you said. He said, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me and I remain there with the kings of Persia but now I'm come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days for yet the vision is for many days it's powerful as he continues Daniel's strength fails him again this is beyond a doubt a divine encounter from heaven invading earth this is a very very powerful story but I want to tell you that heaven does not visit earth and angels do not appear and Michael is not sent to Persia if Daniel 
doesn't cry out. There's something powerful about this narrative you need to understand. Heaven doesn't just show up. But somebody was hungry enough, they got on their face and said, I'm going to stay right here until God moves. Praise God. I want to preach to you for a few minutes if I can tonight. What I felt the Lord dropped in my spirit today. I was driving on my way home and I, I almost, it wasn't, it wasn't audibly, but it was, it was so real it was almost audible. I just heard the Lord speak these words to me. He said, hold on, Daniel. Turn to your neighbor tonight, whatever their name is. I want you to turn to your neighbor and call him by name. I want you to tell him, hold on, Daniel. Hold on. Praise God. You may be seated in the mighty name of Jesus. Woo, I feel something about to stir up in here right now. I feel, I'm telling you, I feel the Holy Ghost. Could we just lift our hands right here? I feel God trying to do something already. Ah. Holy Ghost, have your way in this place right now. Spirit up. Praise the living God. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Daniel, just a few chapters before this in the sixth chapter, had seen the power of God manifest in perhaps one of the most famous narratives that we see anywhere in all uh, scriptural history as he was thrown into the lion's den. Daniel was thrown into the lion's den simply because he had broken edict that was set by men that he should not pray. And so Daniel took all of that into consideration and he made up in his mind that he was not created by the edicts of man. He was not created uh, by the governments of man. He was not a Babylonian. He just happened to live in Babylon. I wish there was somebody here tonight that knew what I was talking about when I said, you may be in this old world, but you're not of it. <laughs> Daniel had something in his heart that you don't, you don't just learn when you get to trouble and you don't just learn when you get to Babylon. You don't just learn it when you get to the king's table. It was something that was down deep inside of Daniel that he refused. He refused to be identified with the circumstances that he was in. And Daniel lifted up his voice and he cried out to the Lord. And Daniel began to gain favor. And so there were a few men. There's always those men around that didn't like that Daniel was getting favor because Daniel was not one of them. And they did not like the favor that he had received from the governors. And so the scripture tells us that they went to the king and they come up with this idea that if anybody prays to anybody besides you, then I believe we ought to just make it a law, make it an edict that they are going to die. And so all of this was established, but everybody was getting set up because they knew that Daniel was not going to stop praying. You know, I wonder sometimes if we were by any means at all to have somebody file charges against us for being children of God, I wonder how much evidence we'd have to stand against it. I wonder if there'd be more to it than us just saying, yeah, I'm a Christian, I go to church. I wonder if there'd be a little more to the depth of who we are than, yeah, I go on Sunday, sometimes Sunday night. I go on Wednesday night every now and then, depends on who's preaching. 
I wonder how deep it would go with us if somebody said they are fanatics. Those people are crazy. They are absolutely insane about their God. They do it. I wonder what would happen when they sent the investigators to your doorstep. I wonder what they'd find. I wonder if they'd find enough boldness that when you're standing in line at a shopping center and the Holy Ghost says, turn around to the woman behind you and tell her you're going to pay for her groceries that the Holy Ghost spoke to you. I wonder if there'd be enough evidence about that. I wonder how much evidence there'd be in your life when somebody passes you and honks you and gives you the one finger wave. Come on. How much evidence would there be in your life when you're frustrated at your job and people push your buttons because they do know what buttons to push. You understand that. Come on now. Some people aren't pushing you just because. I know, I know. You're just, you're just somebody else at work. No, you're not. You're not just somebody else at work. There's a difference in you. And they know the difference. And the enemy knows how to put people in the right place at the right time to say the right thing and push the right buttons. They want you to fall. They want you to fall short. Because then they can look at you and say, oh, aren't you a Christian? And I pray to God that if they're going to accuse me, there's at least enough evidence in my life that I could say, yes, I am. I am one of them. I am one of them fanatics. I am one of them crazy folks that gave up a life of despair and hopelessness and depression and darkness. I am one of those people that made up my mind a long time ago that I'm going to serve him. And there's nothing that's going to turn my tide. There's nothing that's going to turn my faith. I made up my mind. I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to serve the Lord. So Daniel... Bible said that he went to his chamber and three times a day he would open up the window and he would pray. He would kick that window open. He'd turn his face towards Jerusalem and he would pray. I'm telling you right now, I believe that it is the will of God for the apostolic church to live with open windows. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm tired of people being ashamed of who we are. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. Ladies, keep letting your light shine. Everywhere you go, you are God's finest. You are the most beautiful women. You are holy. You are decorated with the wonder of His power. Don't you be ashamed, girls, when you walk into your job, when you walk into your school, and people look at you like you're different. Here's what you need to know. You are different. You're a daughter of the king. You're a child of the king. You young men need to quit being ashamed that you don't look like everybody else and talk like everybody else and wear what everybody else wears and play what everybody else plays. You're a child of God. You're a son of God. You've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. There may have been a time in history that folks could have said Pentecostals were from the other side of the tracks. I want to tell you, them days are over. The favor of God's on his people. Come on. We're living, in a, we're living in the land of Goshen. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying it may be dark in Egypt. 
but there is light yet in Goshen. The favor of the Lord's on his church. And we're not going to sit down and we're not going to shut up and we're not going to back down. We're going to live with our windows open and we're going to let the world know we've been redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Hallelujah. Folks, I'm going to tell you, I mean this sincerely. I'm not ashamed to sit down at a table and somebody say something to me about the way we baptize. Just not. I'm not ashamed to sit down and folks start asking me questions about why my beautiful wife and beautiful daughters look and act the way they do. I'm not ashamed of that. You've heard me tell the stories through the years. One of my favorites was Taco Bell. Still is one of my favorites, honestly. Nothing but the best for me, baby. We walked into Taco Bell one night when you were allowed to just go in places. Thank God. And we walked in there. All my girls walked up and ordered. My wife turned around and looked at me like, you're the last one, so you get the bill, right? And so I stepped up there, and I'm going to let my light shine. So I start witnessing to the guy. Hey, bro, what brings you to town? You lived here all your life? Nope, here for school. Oh, that's cool. I said, uh, go to church anywhere? Nope. I said, I'm a pastor. He said, yeah, I know. I said, yeah, I pastor. He said, down here on 53rd Street. I said, yeah. He said, the Pentecostal church. I said, yeah. I said, how'd you know? He said, the dresses. Well, didn't that make you ashamed, pastor? Absolutely not. It's time to kick the windows open and let the world know we are not ashamed of who we are. Come on, we're not on the back burner. We are God's chosen people. It's all right to let your light so shine before men. Mm. Let it shine. Let it shine. We tried to teach our kids when we were little, you know. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. At least till I get to high school and I'm afraid people are going to make fun of me. I don't know what it was about that song. But something used to get a hold of me when I was a kid. I loved it. We'd sing the whole thing. This little light of mine. Uh, hide it under a bush. Oh, no. We, uh, that was the loud part. You know. Oh, no. I'm going to let it shine. But there, there was this one part that I loved, and I, I couldn't sing it. If I would have had control, but I didn't, if I'd have had control then, I'd have just kept giving them that thing my wife does all the time, right there. That means do it again. Do it again. Do it again. And it was this little verse right here. I won't let Satan. They were trying to teach us something as kids. He don't have access to your lamp. The Bible said he's seeking whom he may devour. And the answer is no. You can't blow my lamp out. I'm going to live with my windows open. Yes. My wife and I were traveling the other day in the airport headed to a conference in Louisiana. And uh, we were in Atlanta. If you fly Delta out of Indianapolis and go anywhere in the world just about you have to go through Atlanta so we're sitting in Atlanta and we had gone in this place to eat we were sitting in there eating this little lounge area we came out and uh, actually I left before she did for a while had to go get something came back I told her I said 
the pennies are showing up. What that means is the Pentecostal women. I said, the, penti, the, the pennies are showing up out there. She said, oh, are they? I said, yep. She said, that's probably about all that's going to be on this flight. A few minutes later, we came out, and we, we walked down the hallway, and I, I want you to know, you, you just say whatever you want to say about me. But I was godly proud and grateful. When I walked out into that, into that uh, uh, terminal area, and I didn't have to ask. I walked out there in that hallway, and the women looked like women. And the men looked like men. I was in that same airport one day when a demon-possessed man started cussing me out for no reason. Followed me through the airport, and I turned around. He was standing that close to my face. He started letting me know I was a watching McCallan and anybody, anyhow. He let me have it, and I just looked at him right in his eye. Hey, I'm going to tell you, I don't care who it is. I don't care what they're doing. I don't care what their name is or who they serve. I'm a child of God. I'm a son of the living God. I've been filled with his spirit. I'm thankful when I walk into a room, and I know God's children are there with me. It's wonderful to be with men and women of like precious faith. I'm going to let my light shine, and I'm going to let it shine through an open window. Oh my. I'm not going to stay here too long, but I, I, I'm, I'm proud. I'm proud to be a one God apostolic. But I struggle. Oh Lord, here it comes. But I struggle with people that look the part. But they'll treat everybody else like a second class citizen. Your light ain't shining just because of what you're wearing. The way you treat people that aren't wearing the kind of stuff you're wearing, it has as much to do with your light as what you're wearing. Because I know people that don't know anything about holiness, but they know how to be kind and they know how to love people. God forgive us as the bride of Christ if we can dress apart, but we don't know how to love people. I'm going to tell you what I've always taught in this church. It's always been taught in this church, and it always will be taught in this church. You hear, Pastor, when I tell you this. We had better never be guilty in this congregation for seeing other apostolic people in this, re- in this uh, community or in shopping centers and ignoring them and acting like... I never seen anything like that. Go to another church across town from somebody or whatever, and you walk in, and they see an apostolic, and they're like, no, we're in competition. Are you kidding me? I only have one adversary. And he's a roaring lion. I was talking with somebody the other day, a story. He was sharing a story with me about uh, some folks that they connected with, it was somewhere here in North America. And they were telling me the story that they, they, they had done some work for this apostolic guy. And uh, he asked the guy, that their, their church was very like isolated from everybody else, wouldn't fellowship with nobody, wouldn't talk to nobody. And he said, he said uh, what do you think about us other apostolics? The guy couldn't even give him an answer. Been baptized in Jesus' name. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Hey, I'm going to tell you, 
Can, can I say this tonight? That ain't my family. That ain't my family. The Lord himself said it. He said, how can you say that you love God who you have not seen and not love your brother whom you have seen? You hear me? When I see somebody that loves this apostolic message, I want to run up to them and hug them. I want to let them know we're working for the same goal. There's a world that is lost and needs to be won to Jesus Christ. And we've got to do everything we can do. We've got to get all hands in the harvest and win somebody to Jesus. I'm not in competition with pastors around here. When they call me, say, brother, somebody from your church came here. I say, thank God. They weren't in church today, so I'm glad they were somewhere in church today. Come on now. I'm not just saying that. You call the pastors around here and ask them. I've said it for years, and I mean it. If you can't be saved in this church, you need to go somewhere where you can be saved. And I'm not going to hate somebody else because you went to another church. And I'm not going to hate you because you left. Pastor, you trying to get rid of people? No. I'm trying to tell you that people that have left this church are not your enemy. I saw so-and-so and and I, I didn't even talk to her. Shame on you. Well, they're the ones that left. That's all right. And we're not closing doors and we're not slamming doors. And when they walk out of my office, I want them to know I'm not closing the door. And if you ever need a safe shelter in the storm, you come on back home. Listen, we are the body of Christ. We got to get together. We got to get on the same page. We got to open up our windows and have revival. I don't have to say much about it because it's not hard to discern how I feel about it. But I'm about sick of all the government junk and all, you know, I'm, I'm sick of all that mess. I'm tired of it. I, I'm, I'm sick of it. But my cousin, my wife's cousin, is up in Ottawa, Canada. They're truckers. And they're, they're in, in Ottawa, Canada at Parliament right now with thousands and thousands of trucks. You won't see it on the news. You've got to watch it on YouTube with people's trucks. Unbelievable. They've been interviewing my cousin. These are apostolic people. He sent me a video on YouTube today, and this, this native woman up there, she's a native Indian woman in Ottawa, and she's standing up. And it, it's so funny because it's not the United States. It is North America, but just north of the border. And this woman's standing up there, and uh, I, I was driving down the road listening to this woman. Scott sent it to me. He said, you got to listen to this first minute. And this woman standing up there uh, has a microphone. It got really loud. And she said, what do you expect when you take God out of parliament and you take God out of our schools and you take us? She said, you know what? Now, this ought to be America, too. She said, you know what? We need God back in this nation. And this woman, I don't know anything about her or who she was, but this woman was standing up there with thousands of people. She said, in just a minute, we're going to say the Lord's Prayer. But before she could, she busted out and started speaking with other tongues. I sent a message back to my cousin. I said, revival in Ottawa. I don't care how it comes. I want revival. I want revival. We're going to live with our windows open. I don't know that lady's background. I don't know everything she's got going on in her life. But I do know this. He that the Son has set free is free indeed. 
driving down, I was driving down the road listening to that. I, I shut it off after that. He said, watch it first a little bit, and I shut it off. And I was thinking, God, I wish I could go up there and they'd give me a microphone. <laughs> Why do you say that, Pastor? Because everybody ought to know. I want this whole world to know there is a mandate that supersedes every mandate in the world. Except a man be born again of water and spirit. He cannot see or enter heaven. We put ourselves in precarious situations. Uh, You ain't ready for this. Because we'll send thousands and thousands of dollars to foreign countries every year for missions. But then see somebody of that same race and won't walk across the street and shake their hand. I got a heart to see the world one to God. Do you? Or is it just easier to throw a hundred dollar bill in there than it is to walk over there and base yourself, abase yourself? Well, they don't want it anyway. That's a lie. No, they, they, they don't want what we got, Pastor. We're, no, you're talking about the wrong group. You're not talking about my family. Because my family's living with the windows open, baby. We're, let me remind you, Daniel was not in Jerusalem when his windows were open. If you're waiting on everything to get right and get adjusted and get easy and no mandates and no pushback, you're going to wait till the coming of the Lord. Let's throw the windows open right now and have revival. Let's have revival. Somebody shout revival. Revival. Oh. It's on my mind when I get up in the morning. It's on my mind when I go to bed at night. It's on my mind when I'm down here walking around this church. I know there's things that need attention in this church. Precious men yesterday were working on a water heater. They're trying to get a water heater put in. We had, listen, I'm, I was walking around here. Oh, God, we, we need revival. And I started counting down. Oh, God, there's going to be people here in less than 24 hours for church. What are you going to do in here tomorrow? And I can feel that push, that push in my spirit. Listen, revival ought to be on our minds when we get up. It ought to be on our minds when we go to bed. It ought to be on our mind when we're walking. We ought to be praying while we're walking through the grocery store. God send me to somebody that's hungry today. God send somebody at my job that's hungry. Send me somebody. I want my windows open and I want the world to see I am madly in love with you. God I'm so thankful that you've saved me. Send somebody. You've heard you've probably heard the story. I don't know. Uh, it's been a long time since I shared it. But the story of Bishop L.A. Parent when he was up in Canada Saw the revelation of, the, of Jesus' name, baptism. But there was nobody to baptize him, Brother Snow. There was nobody there. He was out in the country. There was snow. It was really deep snow everywhere. It was the middle of the winter. Nobody wants to go to Canada in the winter that's not from there. And uh, uh, it, it was kind of hard to get around. And Bishop Parent was reading his Bible, sitting in, in the house, apparently. And he saw the revelation that he needed to be baptized in Jesus' name. And he walked out there in his yard and walked across the field, went over to a creek, started busting the ice on it just to get to some water. 
and he opened him up a spot and he said God there ain't a man here that'll baptize me in Jesus name he said but until somebody gets here that can will you please just receive this and he got down in that water where he busted the ice and he said I now baptize myself in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of my sin there was nobody else in that area of New Brunswick that was preaching this Jesus name truth at that time that we're aware of but God began to pour his spirit out because a man who got revelation kicked his windows open and said I want all of New Brunswick to know about this one God message I thank God for it I'm thankful for it I thank God for it but I'm I'm, I'm not going to keep fighting my brother to have revival not going to happen it's not going to happen this church right here can I pastor you for two minutes and then preach to you, make you happy? This go, y'all ought to be the friendliest people in this town. When they see people from FPC who walk into a restaurant on Sunday night, the servers ought not roll their eyes and say, oh God, they're back. They ought to be fighting over you people because you're the best tippers and the sweetest people and you'll pray for them at the table. Can I, can, can I pass you right? If you can't afford to pay a tip, you can't afford to go out to eat. And I ain't talking about 10% either. Come on, we ought to be doing a minimum, a minimum of 20%. What are you doing, Pastor? I'm trying to get your window open. Hey, can I, can I just be bold right here? Don't you leave one of them cards out there on somebody's table and leave them $2. If you're going to run their legs off and send your steak back 18 times and fuss and cuss at it, don't you dare leave one of them cards on their table. We're the bride of Christ. It's time to let our light shine. Like, 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 like what, Pastor? I mean, like seriously. I mean, how many opportunities can there be? You got to look for them. I got up the other morning. I know this subject keeps coming up, but I, I got up early the other morning, and I wanted a little, a little snack, so I went through Taco Bell drive-thru for breakfast. <laughs> y'all, y'all picking up on a trend here. Hallelujah. And this guy came on the thing. He came on the thing. I'll get where I'm going in just a minute, all right? This guy came on the thing. He said, good morning. Welcome to Taco Bell. How may I take your order? And I was like, goodness gracious. It's good to get somebody. Don't say, welcome to Bell, your order. Matter of fact, it's nice to just have somebody at work. You know what I mean? I said, yes, sir. And I told him what I wanted. He said, will that be all for you, sir? I said, absolutely, sir. And I'm thankful we can still call one another, sir. I, I pulled up there. I can tell you his name. I don't want to do it on here. And pulled up to the window and he turned around and looked at me. This was the craziest thing I've seen in a long time. I had this like euphoric moment. Somebody working in a restaurant, I saw their teeth when they smiled. I was like, I'm not trying to look through the blue thing. He was like, good morning, sir. I said, good morning. How are you? We went back and forth and he said, here's your food. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. I, I took a card. I called him by his name. It's important to remember their name. Yes, I called him by his name and I said, hey, bro. 
I pastor a church right up here on 53rd Street. I said, now you know where to find me. If you ever need anything. Pastor, all we're trying to do is grow the church. No, we're not. I put money on it when that boy went home that night cleaning out his pockets. He was like, what is that? Hey, I'm going to tell you, I'm not ashamed of this thing. I'm not ashamed to pastor this church. I'm not ashamed to be connected with you precious people. I'm not ashamed that we've got police officers that are apostolic. I'm not ashamed that we got servers that are apostolic. I'm not ashamed that we got nurses and practitioners that are apostolic. We, we got an upper hand. Well, the rules and regulations of our hospital are, yeah, don't act like you care about rules and regulations. When you walk in there and somebody's gotten tears streaming down their face, lay your hands on their head, say in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I plead the blood over you. I love Acts chapter 3 because it's a cool story. When Peter and John went to the gate, there was a lame man there, and he looked at him expecting. And before they prayed for him, Peter and John said, hang on just one second, we'll be right back. And they went up to the Sanhedrin, and they talked to him. They said, listen, there's this guy down here. We need to talk to the pastor because there's a guy down here that needs some money. That's the story of, of the church right there. Uh, pastor, there's a man here. Y'all picking up what I'm putting down. I'm like a limp dish rag on my way to my office. Uh, Pastor, excuse me, just one second. Yeah, what is it? Uh, there's a man standing out here that, uh, and I've got this, but looks, looks kind of rough. I don't really know what he needs, but he asked to talk to the pastor. Let me help you. His uncle died in Kentucky. He's on his way to the funeral. He's got $7 left in his pocket. And he's drove all the way from Ann Arbor. But he pulled off the interstate. And something told him if he pulled in this lot. That there'd be somebody here to help him. Well, you know what? I'll put gas in their car. I've done it a thousand times. I'll put gas in their car. I'll help them. I'll go get them something to eat. But I'm going to tell you what those people need more than they need gas in their car. They need a testimony that's wide open windows. Okay, I'm going to preach now. I'm still in my introduction. Stay with me. So Daniel lives through the lion's den. His testimony is loud. God's blessed him. The king said, Daniel... Your God, he is God. Daniel was supposed to die in that lion's den. Can, can I just preach this right here? I don't even know how to do this other than just preach. I got a Genesis, I, 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 got, a, I got a Genesis thing going. I got that Joseph thing going right here. I, got, I feel Joseph talking to his brothers right here. You know, you were supposed to die, Daniel, but what the enemy meant for evil... They don't get this government under control. We're never going to have revival. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. 
Because I ain't having no Democrat revival. And I ain't having no Republican revival. I ain't having no Washington revival. I'm having a Book of Acts revival. And I'm going to have revival no matter who's in the White House. Jesus is in this house. just promote you Daniel I'm sorry for what we put you through we see your God is God so we're just going to give you a little bit more freedom let him kind of move about and go wherever he needs to go Daniel said look I didn't just start praying but something's got to move we got we got to have something break here there's got to be a breakthrough Babylon's been holding us for a long time and I, I, I need a breakthrough of some kind and so the Bible said that Daniel went down to the river kind of got him a quiet place and scripture said he took a few men down there with him thank God for almost 50 men at our men's prayer breakfast yesterday brother Tony you know what me and you are doing we're going down to the river and we're taking a few good men with us we're going to take a few men down to the river and we're going to tell them about the power of prayer Daniel walked down there. He said, I prayed by myself with my windows open. But I had to wonder if maybe those two or three men that were with him saw how he responded in an open window and said, Daniel, wherever you pray, we want to go pray with you. And when he went down to the river, these men just followed him down there. He said, now, boys, I'm going to teach you a little lesson here. We're not going to get a response from heaven if you just keep eating Big Macs all the time. So for three weeks, without his pastor telling him to do it, because he felt prompted in the Holy Ghost. Daniel said, I'm not, I'm not going to eat meat. I'm not going to drink. I'm, I'm going to fast. We're going to seek God. Daniel got down on his face. And I'm going to tell you, folks, if this sounds too human, forgive me. I'm sorry. But there are seasons in my ministry in this church, my ministry, my love for God, that I don't always feel like I'm winning. Amen. There are seasons where you don't feel like you're winning. The evidence says you're not winning. Come on now. I'll never forget the first Sunday night I preached to this empty room. Stood up there in that pulpit right there. And when they said, okay, pastor, cameras are off. Man, I laid across that, that pulpit right there and I cried. I cried and I cried and I cried. I said, oh, God, what's happened to our church? I know this probably sounds horrible. God, what are those people going to do without me? Guess what? You don't even need me. I said, God, what are we going to do? Oh, we can't even worship together. Oh, God. We're losing. Like, come on, man. Pick yourself up by your bootstraps, son. You've been preaching this for 27 years. Stand up and tell them again. This ain't going to last forever. Hey, do I, do, I, do I need to remind you, precious people, that while we were separated, God sent us in about five minutes a $200,000 blessing to this church. That hailstorm blew down through here and dented up our roof and tore up a 25-year-old roof on the old building and tore up a 25-year-old roof on the parsonage. Brother Diaz can tell you that one been needing it for a while. And the Lord said, watch this. God, we're, we're not together. What are we doing? He said, you're winning. That's what you're doing. You're winning. 
You're, you're, just because you're going through a season doesn't mean I failed you. You are still winning. Can I preach to an individual here tonight that came in here with your lip dragging on the ground? You've been going through the pits of despair. Get up, sweetheart. It's not over yet. God's not finished with you yet. Oh, God. How long is this going to last? How long will Babylon hold us? God, what's going to happen? Seven days go by. Oh, God, I'm not going to quit praying. I'm not going to quit crying out. Fourteen days go by. Oh, God, I'm going to drive you crazy. And I'm going to keep knocking on heaven's door. I'm going to be right here every day. And I'm not setting my alarm clock for an hour. Oh, God, how long will Babylon hold us? Oh, God, what's the future of your people look like? And what Daniel does not know is what he cannot see. is just above his head. There is a battle that's going on. And the prince of Persia is going back and forth with the angel that came with a message from God. And I feel like encouraging somebody. Hold on, Daniel. Help is on the way. What's going on, God? Why aren't you answering? I've already sent the answer, but it's being withheld for a few days. Keep on praying, Daniel. Keep on pushing, Daniel. Oh, that old angel came down there. He said, Daniel, (laughs) I want you to know God heard you 21 days ago, buddy. It's in moments like that right there where you say, thank God I didn't give up. Hey, hey, I came to preaching here to somebody tonight. You're going to look back in just a few days and say, thank God. Thank God I didn't give up. Thank God I didn't throw in the towel. Thank God I didn't quit praying. Come on, can I preach a few more minutes? You're going to look up when your lost child comes walking through the doors of the house of God. And you're going to say, thank God. Come on, let me preach to you. When your old husband has been pushing back and fighting and pushing and fighting and pushing and dragging his feet, I ain't ever going back. I don't need that. I'll never walk through the doors. There's coming a day, Daniel, that you're going to look up and say, thank God Almighty that I didn't quit. Don't you be mad at them. You ain't fighting their heart. They're good people. You hear me? They're good people. You're fighting their old flesh. Billy Cole was preaching one night in this church. And this man, pastor, sitting on the platform. This pastor leaned over to Billy Cole. This woman walked in the back. He leaned over to Bishop Cole and he said, Whoa, that woman right there, she is full of the devil. Brother Cole said, Good. That pastor looked at him kind of funny. He said, what are you talking about? He said, I'm glad. He said, I thought you was going to say she's full of flesh. He said, we can handle the devils in here. Come on, somebody. He said, you can cast out devils in my name. 
You ain't just fighting the old devil. You're fighting some flesh. So you just hang on in there, Daniel. Because it ain't going to be long till your prayer is going to be answered. Folks, listen to your pastor tonight. I've, I've preached stuff just like this when I was needing an answer. Come on. I've preached stuff just like this right here when I'd give anything I had for God to answer. But sometimes you just need to know. The answer comes in the waiting. The answer comes when you don't get up in the morning so discouraged and say, God, if you didn't answer yesterday, surely you're not going to answer today. I ain't even going to the prayer room today. Mother, come out here. I want you to show these people the way around this house. Come on. Every day. Every day. Oh, God. Touch Jody today, God. Every day. Every day. Oh, God. I've heard her start calling y'all's name. Oh, God. She'll go waving them hands. Oh, God. I'll hear her talking in other tongues. I came through here the other day and I knew my mom's heart was broken about some things. I looked in here and she was praying. And if I'd have had the guts, I'd open that door and said, Hold on, mother. Hold on, mother. The answer's on the way. The answer's on the way. Brothers and sisters, let me tell you, there's an answer that's coming. You may not know how and you may not know when and you may not see the angel, but God is fighting for you. He's fighting on your behalf. Hold on, Daniel. Galatians 6 verse 7 I'm closing, I'm hurrying be not deceived God is <laughs> you know I know this was written to the church bishop but I like saying this to the devil too you hear me O Lucifer be not deceived. God's not mocked. You may fight First Pentecostal Church, but you won't win. Because we've sowed in prayer. And we've sowed in fasting. And we've sown in pain and tears. And we've sown in missions given. And we've oh God. God is not mocked. So every man soweth. That shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall reap of the flesh. Corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. I don't know if you've ever known the context of this and where it comes from. Verse 9. And be not weary in well doing <laughs> this right here will preach itself brother be not deceived God's not mocked whatever you're sowing you're going, if you'll sow to the spirit you're going to reap to the spirit and don't get weary doing it keep sowing them tears 
Keep sowing them prayers. Come on. Keep pushing away from that table. Keep telling your flesh no. And keep telling the spirit yes. And you're going to look up one day, Daniel. You know how powerful this was? When Daniel said, I was the only one that saw it. But what was happening in the invisible realm was so powerful that it started shaking the men that were with me. God, give us such a harvest that people who are standing around come back to us later and say, what in the world was that? When you walked by me in the store that day, You put your hand on my shoulder and said hello to me. What was that that I felt? Bishop, I've been asking God for it. I've been asking God for manifestations. That people would begin to walk in. I'm not talking about just people that are looking for a sign. I'm talking about people that are sowing to the Spirit. We'll start walking into stores and folks will see two or three other folks walking with them. They're in there by themselves. I was headed into the Middle East to preach. And I knew that it could be quite a difficult area to be in at that time. And I was nervous. I got babies. I, you know, I didn't know what to expect, really. I told the Lord, I said, I, I'm, I'm nervous. Not, not for me. I said, I, I'm just nervous. I know my wife's nervous. I know my kids probably don't, you know, they don't get it all. And I came down here and I got to praying. And I know you don't know anything about this, Sister Snow. You guys have never had to minister anywhere but the fairest of 10,000 churches. You ought to see the places they preach, man. The nicest pews and air condition. Their air condition is so good it makes your shirt wet while you're having church. I, I came down here. I got, I got praying, oh, God, keep your hand on me. Lord, show me everything's going to be all right. And I wasn't fretting. I was just, show me. And all of a sudden, the Lord carried me in an open vision. I had never been to the airport that I was going to, but I knew what it looked like right then. Because I saw myself. I was standing out in the hallway, but I saw the jetway where I was coming off of, about where Brother Sawyer is. And I was standing here watching, and I saw myself as I walked off the jetway in that airport. And I could have told you at that time what what everything in that room looked like. But there were two men that walked off with me. Two men in that vision that walked off that airplane with me. And I told the Lord then, I said, I will not be afraid of anything that can happen. And you listen to me when I tell you. I don't have time to go into the details because i got to quit. But on that particular trip, we happened to be over by the Syrian border. And uh, in a way, I don't know how to explain without making somebody look bad. We'd taken a wrong turn. And we, we were, we were it, it was like the bad side of Chicago. <laughs> but like nobody spoke English. It was all Arabic. And that, the, I just, God have mercy. I was like, what are we going to do? And the man that I was with saw this car pull out blacked out windows and he said uh, brother he said don't don't look at anybody he said don't look don't look I said why what's going on he said brother that's a he said that's a Hezbollah vehicle he said you don't don't look he said if they drive by and they slow down they start looking at us he said just don't don't do anything we're just gonna mind our own business we're driving down the road that old car pulled up right beside us Never stopped. Nobody ever turned. Never even looked at us. Never acted like we existed. You can say, I was just a coincidence. I'm going to tell you what. I had two men hiding us. (laughs) 
You don't have to believe it if you don't want to. But the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him. Uh, let's stand together. I had some more to preach to you. But my great granddaddy used to say apparently that the mind will only comprehend what the seat can endure. So let me just close out tonight. I'm telling you, I came to this house to encourage somebody in the Holy Ghost. I don't know if you're the one in Acts 12 that's in the prison house. Or if you're the little girl that's in the prayer meeting at Mary's house. But I came to encourage somebody tonight. Whether you're the one that's locked up or you're the one that's knocking on heaven's door. Mm. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. I came to encourage somebody. Don't give up hope, Peter. Because there's a church that's praying. And when the church starts praying, angels start showing up. Don't give up, Peter, because here in just a few minutes, in this 12th chapter, you're going you're gonna to find peace and rest, and you're going to lean over there and doze off and take your little nap. Just be at rest, Peter, because there's an answer that's coming, getting ready to smite you and say, hey, wake up. And when you stand up, Peter, everything that's holding you bound is going to fall off on the floor. And you're going to walk out of here because somebody hasn't quit praying. Rhoda, don't you give up. You keep on praying because here in just a minute, I'm already sending angels to turn the answer loose. And the answer's headed this direction. And when he knocks on the door, people are going to tell you you're crazy. And they're going to tell you it's his angel. Rhoda, you ain't wrong, baby. You just keep on praying and you keep on believing. Daniel, don't you dare stop. You keep your head down, son. You keep on calling out to the name of the Lord. I feel like telling somebody tonight, hold on. Because help is on the way. Hold on. Hold on. It's on the way. <laughs> Don't quit praying. We're not going to quit, elder. We're going to keep on praying. God's going to take care of it. I told the Lord, it's done. It's done. God's got this. It's done. Lord, I thank you for every door you've closed while we wait. Mm. I thank you for every mountain you've made us climb that we wanted you to move. I thank you for what you're doing in this church. God, I'm humbled by your presence today. God, maybe there's a guest that's in here tonight that just needed to hear this. So let your spirit speak to them right where they are right now. Hold on. Because help is on the way. God, touch our guests tonight. Touch our precious saints. Touch those that are watching online tonight. Let somebody know right now, Lord, they're on their way to a breakthrough. May not come when we want it, but it's going to be there right on time. Come on, if you need a breakthrough in your life tonight, I invite you. These altars are open. If you feel the hand of the Lord right there where you are and you need a touch, just raise your hands to Jesus. Let Him touch you. Let Him deal with you. Come on, don't give up hope yet. There's somebody at home tonight watching online. Your family's been sick and you wish you were here in church with us. Don't give up. It's all right. Just a couple more days, you're going to feel good. This is going to pass and you're going to be in the house of the Lord.
If we got any backsliders that are watching online tonight, I want to tell you, there's people in this place tonight that aren't going to quit praying for you. Hold on wherever you're at because we're going to keep praying for you. Come on. I dare you right now to just find somebody that you know can use a little encouragement. Just go up to them right now and gently place your hand on their shoulder. Sister to sister, brother to brother. Just encourage somebody in the Holy Ghost tonight. Just put your hand on and pray. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, you're going to make it, you're going to make it. Come on, somebody just needs to hear that tonight. You're going to make it. Everything's going to be all right. You're going to come out of this. You're going to come out of this. I got a feeling everything's going to be all right.